This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. Well, good morning, everybody. On this Tuesday, February 21st, we wake up to some, quite frankly, shocking news that Congressman David Cicilline is going to be leaving Congress on June 1st. That'll be his last day to head up the Rhode Island Foundation, the philanthropic organization currently led by Neil Steinberg, who announced late last year that he's going to be retiring. And look, I mean, you can look at this from so many different angles and try to seek an answer as to the specifics of why the congressman would be leaving a job that, look, as as recently as a few years ago when redistricting started to take place and the conversation started to shift to, well, Rhode Island may only have one congressperson. Who would it be between Langevin and Cicilline? Everybody, pretty much, inside politics and even on the periphery, understood that, look, it'll be David Cicilline. He's entrenched in Congress in a leadership-type capacity. He seems to love the job, and he seems to be moving upward in somewhat of a rapid manner. So no question that this news today comes as quite a bit of a surprise uh, at least to me, and I think to many of you, and judged, judging by some of the reaction on Twitter and and just in some of the private conversations I've had this morning, you you know this was this was pretty a secret that was pretty well kept, and with the congressman's departure, of course, there will be a special election to fill that seat. So we just had Congressman Langevin depart, and during the typical standard election cycle. The race for that Congress seat, District 2, obviously Seth Magaziner won that, defeating Alan Fung. But we saw a lot of characters from deep inside Rhode Island politics and from the nonprofit sector and from the advocacy sector become candidates. So Cicilline departs a job that, look, going to the Rhode Island Foundation, he's going to make a lot more money at least in terms of a base salary. But you also have to think about the grind that goes into being in Congress. The back and forth between D.C. and Rhode Island, essentially establishing yourself on a national scale, that's a grind that is extremely demanding. And the congressman's been at it for a while. And you have to assume, again, Haven't talked to the congressman, certainly have requests in, and and hopefully we'll have them on later this week for a more in-depth conversation. And we can get some of these answers, at least um, as, as they're putting forth the answers. But you have to leave some room for assumption anyway, that maybe there's a burnout factor. And as leadership has changed inside of the quote unquote lower chamber, both in terms of a new speaker of the house both in terms of Hakeem Jeffries as as minority leader. Perhaps the time was right for David Cicilline to move on to another challenge. And look, we're seeing it play out. You know, with this departure comes a loss of prominence and a position of influence within the chamber for Rhode Island. That perhaps is, in and of itself, something that is, and I'm seeing some of the reaction on Twitter, something that is disappointing. 
that the state will lose a position of influence of significance as the congressman steps away. And whoever fills that void, much like Congressman Magaziner, will now be a fresh person and not somebody who is entrenched anywhere near the extent that Congressman Cicilline is. And his advocacy on LGBTQ plus issues, on gun control issues, on um, internal politics and the functions of government, that will be lost with the departure of David Cicilline. There's no question about it. And that reflected here in our state will be lost for quite some time. It's going to take a while for whoever ends up winning this seat as well as Fresh Person Magaziner to gain anywhere near the traction that Congressman Cicilline has established. So, look, we're already starting to see some names get tossed around. How about Megan Coleman? Megan Coleman announces on Twitter that they are exploring a run for Congress, um, a state senator and an associate professor at UMass Boston. She writes... I'm grateful for the service of Neil Steinberg, who has served as an excellent steward of the Rhode Island Foundation. Congressman David Cicilline will make an excellent president of the foundation, and I'm grateful as well for his years of service as one of the most effective advocates for Rhode Islanders in Congress. As a special election has yet to be announced, I am excited to share that I'm exploring a run for Congress. We cannot afford for that seat not to be held by a steadfast advocate for the people. Whether it is housing, sustainable infrastructure, or ensuring that working families in Rhode Island are able to live a life of prosperity, I am confident that if I decide to run, I can be the candidate to advance all of those values and more. If you would like to help, please reach out or sign up on my website. We will only be able to do this with people like you. Megan Coleman, right there, exploring a run for Congress. We also saw an interesting statement from Central Falls Mayor Maria Rivera, similarly hinting at an, ex- an exploratory look at this seat. Bob Walsh, former head of the NEA and candidate himself, says it's not going to be him. (laughs) So look, you know, you wonder if some of the the people who ran for District 2, because remember, you don't have to live in the district. We saw that play out in the the District 2 race last year. Will someone like a Joy Fox take another stab at it, right? What about Sarah Morgenthau? Will this be a moment that Blake Filippi re-enters politics as a Republican? You know, and look, District 1, far more liberal than even District 2. Hard to imagine a Republican could gain any kind of traction. But we're going to see, I think, a lot of names, at least at the exploratory level, right out of the gate. You're going to start to see a lot of names. I think we will see as many as 10 Democrats enter into this race. Or at least, I should say, not necessarily enter into the race, but float in a public-facing manner, an exploratory um, look at this seat. So gear up, folks. Just when we thought that we were done and we're starting to shift all of our attention in terms of electoral politics to the presidential coming up and you know, potentially somebody stepping in to try to challenge Seth Magaziner after a couple of years, something like that, we're going to have a special election. We're going to have debates, you know, hopefully you didn't put your confetti away if you love politics, if you love the the electoral politics process, because it's not over. We're going to have a special election here in Rhode Island. Now, 
I have a previously scheduled interview with Secretary of State Greg Amore coming up next week here on the pod. We'll be live, not live, we'll be at the State House in person in, in the Secretary's office. Um, and obviously, if we don't have answers on a special election by then, we'll get them at that point, at least w- what we can get. But um, this is big news. This is big news that kind of rocks our state's political atmosphere and also nationally. This is national news, folks. Make no mistake about it that this is a major, major shift. And honestly, from a personality standpoint, David Cicilline is somebody who has really won over the inner workings of the party and a lot of the electorate. You know, there, there are haters of David Cicilline. They're mostly people who genuinely hate left politics. He is not particularly controversial amongst the left. He has progressive values that, that folks like. He understands a smart politician in terms of institutional knowledge that people like. That is going to be very difficult to replace. He's one of the last major political figures in our market, so to speak that has sort of, without intentionally putting it out there, has been progressive without advertising themselves as progressive. Very difficult to do. Very difficult to land in that place. So David Cicilline, you know, I just wanted to hop on for a second here on the podcast and just just have this um, this update. If you didn't hear, now you know. This is the first place you're hearing this news. David Cicilline will be leaving Congress June 1st. Going to lead the Rhode Island Foundation, the philanthropic organization. There's going to be a special election to fill that seat. And it's going to mean that in our 2021 season, we're going to be back into electoral politics. Remember the big races last go-around, last fall, were... Congress and governor, of course. So this is one, again, it's not the competitive race in a general that that Congressional District 2 would be in terms of actually a Republican and having any kind of real chance, right? Let's be honest about it. Well, let's assess it for what it is, okay? But we also, we have to look at it from the standpoint of within the Democratic primary, it will get crowded. It may get ugly. We may see a clash of ideals between progressive and mainstream, between new school, old school, between identity politics, a woman, a person of color versus a white male. That will come up. Sexual orientation will come up. And David Cicilline was able to thread a lot of those needles and embody a lot of those ideals organically that's what's going to be missing now maybe there's somebody out there that that has a similar type of that resonates in a similar manner maybe not it'll be a very very big test of what does our state's democratic party look like because you don't have to position yourself to potentially match up against an alan fung most likely, right? 
you have more freedom as a candidate to approach things from a further left standpoint. But you still have to win. Just because some of these districts are solidly, uh, pardon me, some of these these municipalities or, or polling places, let's go there, let's go, let's zoom it in, right? Zoom it all the way in to precinct. Just because some of them are solidly blue doesn't mean that they are solidly light blue, solidly progressive. Somehow, some way, in spite of people like Buddy Cianci on talk radio mocking him for his sexual orientation back in the day, in spite of the track record of statewide or federal, in this case, office gains for former Providence mayors, which hasn't been very good, of course, Cicilline was able to get in, stay in, become entrenched, advance in the Congress, and become a major advocate for the state. And we are straight up losing that. There is no other way to put it. Now, I see some people on Twitter, they're celebrating, they're spiking the football. They hate Cicilline. They hate what he stands for. They hate his gun reform approach. They hate his identity. They hate his history. They hate his family. That's who hates David Cicilline. But within the party, it is a different scenario. Other names that might get floated around. Sam Bell. Somebody close to Sam Bell tells me no way. His name's going to get floated around. John Gonzalez in Providence, the Providence City Councilor. Dan McGowan reporting. Two former Providence mayors tell me they have no interest in the in the first district seat. Tavares and Paolino. But who has not responded with an answer to McGowan? And who has a million dollars in his state campaign account, which would then have to be through a painstaking process transferred into a federal account. Seth Magaziner successfully did that. It's doable. Who would that be? Jorge Alorza. Jorge Alorza, who right now is just, I believe, a part-time professor and is working towards some kind of think tank type project, seems to me as a name certainly to watch out for and somebody who may be able to win this. May. Helena Bonanno, folks, not going to go to Congress almost certainly. But boy, waking up and seeing this news today. And look, I didn't roll out of bed and see. I mean, my day was already underway, but you know, you're just getting started. I just did a completely unrelated podcast, which we taped, which I'm going to post later this week. Tomorrow, by the way, I'm one-on-one at City Hall with Brett Smiley, Mayor of Providence, for an in-depth interview. We'll certainly be floating this question to him. Who does the party get behind? And if the party doesn't get behind a candidate that has the appeal on a district-wide basis that can meet the moment. What are the major issues, right? Obviously, pocketbook issues. And to a certain extent, reproductive rights, gun control, culture war garbage, being a defender there. Who does the governor support? 
Does the party line up behind everybody? Or does everybody in the party line up behind the same person? Or do we see a split endorsement packet? Who has the union support, of course? Who has the advocacy group support? Who has the leftist group's support? All questions that are going to play out over the coming weeks. And I look forward to it. Wasn't expecting it, but guess what? We're ready over here at Bartholomew Town. We're ready for another election. Shake things up a little bit, right? A surprise in 2023. David Cicilline leaving Congress on June 1st. So stay tuned. Um, again, requests are into the congressman for an interview. We'll see if we are able to make that happen this week, or if not, we'll get it done at some point. I know that, I mean, days like this, you know, when you get an interview, it's usually a 10-minute type of situation. We'll have everything on this race, in-depth coverage. We'll speak with all the candidates. We'll have a debate for you. And I'd love your feedback as well. Bill at ripodcast.com or Twitter and Instagram at Bill Bartholomew. Who do you want to see run? Or if not the person, what are the characteristics you're looking for? What are you looking for in the next congressperson? Who's it going to be? I think it's really interesting. I salute David Cicilline as well. I salute David Cicilline. I think he's going to do a good job with the Rhode Island Foundation. Just had Se- uh, Secretary Pryor on with me yesterday on, on the radio, and I've podcasted that as well. You can hear it right here on the podcast for a roundtable with Courtney Nicolato of the United Way. And we were supposed to be joined, quite frankly, by Neil Steinberg. Last minute, he wasn't available. I wonder if the two situations are connected. Got to think something's up there, right? But the housing challenge... And the role that philanthropy will play in solving the housing challenge, the housing crisis. Huge. David Cicilline is going to take on a major, major role here. And we'll have everything for you right here on Bartholomew Town. Coming up, like I said, tomorrow we have Brett Smiley from City Hall. I just taped a great conversation. I was going to post it today, but because of the Cicilline news, I'm going to post it later this week with Roz Raskin, who is a tremendous artist here in Providence and in the region. Uh, That'll be for our Inside Rhode Island music series. So that's still ahead. Next week, we'll have our conversation with Greg Amore, and we'll obviously be all over this Congressional District 1 development. And look forward again. Let me know what you think. Bill at RIPodcast.com, Twitter, Instagram, at Bill Bartholomew. Have a great day, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, guys, don't forget that my friends over at the University of Rhode Island online are offering a cannabis certificate program. You've been hearing me talk about this for months here on Bartholomew Town. And look, this is a great opportunity for anybody who's looking for a career change. Maybe you're already in the cannabis industry and you want to kind of advance your skill set in a variety of areas. The University of Rhode Island online cannabis certificate program is a tremendous way to do this. Visit uri.edu slash online slash cannabis to learn more. The upcoming info sessions, all the information you'll need is right there. And tell them Bill sent you.